0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the faith to go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego, California.
1: And I am Charlotte Pessler, and I am the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego.
0: And we are both at home. Uh, we are.
1: And, together, but apart.
0: Together, but apart. We are connected via Skype. Shout out to Skype. Uh, we'd yes. accept a sponsorship if you're interested. <laughs> um, yes, but we—you may hear the the uh, joyful sounds of uh, working from home in the background. Who knows? Maybe George will scream in the other room. Uh, Mary Lynn is sitting right next to me at a an actual desk. I've built a makeshift desk that is made out of a board and a stool and a filing cabinet. So. Uh, And
1: that's your current ministry context.
0: That is my ministry context, yes. Right? My ministry context is the four walls of this house. Yeah. Um, But we are uh, coming to you this uh, week leading up to the fifth Sunday in Lent, um, the week leading up to Sunday, March 29th. We come to you from a rainy San Diego. Um, And we hope you all are doing well wherever you are. Whether you're staying home, whether you are keeping your social distance and still going out and doing things, working from home, all those people who have kids, who aren't in school right now, uh, we are here with you, and we hope you are staying safe and staying sane. And we are going to check in today. We don't have a guest today. It's just the two of us. We'll have somebody uh, on the podcast next week. Um, But Charlotte and I are going to take some time up front to just check in with one another about our ministry context uh, at this point in response to all the things that have happened around the coronavirus, all the government CDC guidelines uh, that have dictated to us a lot of changes uh, in our church context. So, Charlotte, you want to go first, just kind of give an update about what's happening over there at Christ Church and in the diocese?
1: Sure thing. So, as David just mentioned, and as a reminder for all of you, my ministry context is varied. So, I am the youth missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. I'm the director of youth and family at Christchurch, and I'm the chaplain for Christchurch Day School. All three of those entities have had some pretty drastic changes within the last week. Christchurch Day School closed as of last Friday um, for on campus learning. And we implemented distance learning that began as of today. Teachers took Monday and Tuesday to prepare resources and packets that will go home. Um, I provided resources for spiritual nurture. Spanish teachers offered um, options for that. But just a whole team wrapping these kids up and these families up in love and support and looking at how that goes forward. Um, So that's part one. Part two So at Christ Church, we suspended in-person worship and went to live streaming our service. On Sunday, we live streamed morning prayer, and there were five of us present. And we made sure to be in varied locations and keep distance from each other while conveying the consistency and the love and the comfort that being church really means to all of us. And that was wonderful on Sunday, albeit hard. And then we realized on Tuesday that that would have to change again with the new guidelines that came from the CDC and the call for people who are 65 and over to stay at home. Um, That means that the majority of our staff is going to be working remotely. And blessedly, I am afforded the opportunity to continue to be with the Christchurch family and offer live streamed services and resources.
0: Yeah, similar things uh, at Good Samaritan in University City in San Diego. We suspended in-person worship starting last Sunday, which was super weird and something Mm -hmm. I never thought would happen um, in church. So, yeah, it was just odd. It was me and the rector of Good Sam and a few musicians and we kind of and we did morning prayer and we cut back and forth between the lectern with a microphone that was going into the live feed and the musicians with a microphone going into the live feed and did that we had you know 52 uh households watching so probably some like some like 80 people or something like that 70 people right so that was cool you know it was like it was really weird to not do it, and it was cool to see people still kind of, like, respond. And that's been kind of the whole week is just, like, canceling in-person gatherings and figuring out how to do as much mm-hmm. as we can online and digitally and also knowing that we're limited uh, in a lot of ways as well and just trying to figure out what, what can happen now, you know, and see right. where see where, you know, the Holy Spirit takes us in the midst of this painful, painful time. Okay. So, um, you always, we ask a guest, uh, where they saw God in this last week. And so I'm interested to know, Charlotte, where you've seen God moving, uh, in the midst of these challenging, challenging times.
1: I would say everywhere. Um, and I bet you that you would too, just because it has been so obvious to me, the number of, times that I've run into God in the upheaval that we're all experiencing. But the one that I want to name was a gift that I had yesterday morning, which because it was St. Patrick's Day, and I knew that a lot of schools hadn't gotten information out to families yet with resources for learning at home and that kids start to go stir crazy after having too much time on their own to do things. I scheduled a Zoom call for the kids of Christchurch, and we learned all about the real St. Patrick, and we played fact or fiction, um, and we did a whole bunch of really fun things that were associated with that. And being able to see each of their faces across through the computer and to talk to them directly and to marvel at leopard print hoodies um, and hear tales of um, pulling pranks on brothers was just such a visible gift of God's love right there for me. And the absolute biggest highlight of it all was when we were getting ready to sign off at the end and I was telling them when we would meet up again, one of the little girls from one family shouted to another child from a different family. Bye. I'm so happy you were here. I'll see you soon. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, just that gift of seeing your friends. It's just, that's just God's love right there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what about you, David? Yeah. I, I was, as it, it was most, most acutely I was trying, I was writing, I was, I preached on Sunday morning. And I -hmm. was just like Saturday, I was just like, how, what do I say? Like, I don't understand how to talk to like talk about any of this in this crazy. It's just so crazy. Like I was still like wrapping my mind around what was happening and what we were doing and where people were and where I was. And I had this, like my anxiety around it was like, I don't know what to say. Like I can't, I can't do anything. I don't know what to do. And the feeling that I had was like, underneath that feeling was this deep like grounded feeling like actually I do have something to say I can say something important and there is good news in this gospel for this Sunday morning and like I didn't write my sermon until like 6 a.m. on Sunday just like I I just couldn't get the words but then like they came you know and Mm -hmm. and I felt really good about what about it and people responded well to it and that was kind of like a microcosm of the whole last week of just like Well, if this happens, I'm not gonna. I don't know what we're gonna do. And then we do something when it happens, you know. Yeah. And Uh and God is like that to me. God has shown up in that like responding energy and that perseverant energy and that kind of scrappiness, in that hope, the hope of the moment of like, how can we respond and what can we do when things are just falling apart and going crazy all around us. So that's where I've seen, I've seen God. Um, Yeah. So you know what we would love Show to the hear. the gospel, though. Yeah. <laughs> we would love <laughs> to hear from you. We want to know a lot of things. We want any of your uh, questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion or reflection around this week's gospel. But we also want to know where you are. What have you been uh, going through? Where are you? You know, in your life, uh, physically, maybe you are quarantined somewhere. Uh, maybe you're just having a challenging time. We want to know. What has been, how everything has been affecting you and how you've responded? How has God been moving in that challenging and painful and suffering time? Uh, and, and like, what are the ways that you are adapting? We want to know all these things. So you can email us, uh, faith2go at edsd.org. You can also contact us through the website where you can also find all of those faith to go resources Every week, they're posted on the website. They are for you to use at home with your families in this time, especially when maybe you can't go to church to do Sunday school. You can do Sunday school at home every day of the week a little bit at a time, and that's what those resources Mm -hmm. are for. That's all at www.myfaith2go.org. You can also always contact us through that website. You can subscribe. You can become a member, comment on all those posts and things like that. And then you can uh, contact us and follow us on Instagram at faith2go uh, and uh, direct message us there. So now we are going to move to the gospel for this week, which is from the gospel of John again. We're in a nice Lenten string of John's gospel readings. Um, This is for the Sunday, uh, the fifth Sunday in Lent, uh, the Sunday of leading the week leading up to Sunday, March 29th. And the gospel, which Char- Charlotte will read and then we'll discuss, is John 11, 1 through 45.
1: I'm ready. I've got this. John chapter 11, verses 1 through 45. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you, and you are going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble, because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble, because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me even though they die, will live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Then Jesus, again, greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him.
0: All right, that's, I think that's the longest one we've had so far. Isn't I think it? so too. Yeah, 40, forty-five forty-five <laughs> verses—that is long. Um, yes. Okay, just a just a brief word here um, about geography and why people are where they are. This, you know, John's gospel is interesting because from very early on, maybe in second or third chapter, Jesus goes to Jerusalem. Uh, and in the other Gospels, Jesus is kind of like slowly making his way from Galilee to Jerusalem. But Jesus very early on in John's gospel is in Jerusalem. So that's what they're referring to uh, the disciples in this early part, because they're up in Galilee. Uh, all, all the all the readings from John that we've heard have happened in Lent so far have happened before this. So like, you know, Jesus up in Galilee and Samaria last, or and then, you know, moving down kind of slowly south. And so, Bethany is just outside of Jerusalem and so the disciples are saying hey last time we were there which wasn't that long ago they were not huge fans of you so why would you (laughs) want to go back down there um so that's what they mean it's not it's like they have experienced Jerusalem already and they know that it's dangerous for Jesus and for his message and and for what he's um for the ways that he's been interacting with uh the the authorities at the time both you know Roman and Jewish authorities so um, that's pretty much it. I, you know, they, they end up going to Bethany again, which is kind of, you can, you can kind of like see Jerusalem from Bethany. It's just on another, on an opposite hill from Jerusalem. So they will go there again, uh, when, uh, you know, uh, Martha or Mary anoints Jesus's feet, remember? And so that will happen at Bethany as well. But this is happening around Jerusalem. There's kind of, you know, this, there's both this fear. That may, that may be why um, Thomas says, let's let's go die with him then, you know, because like they don't know what's going to happen if they go back down there. So right. that's what's going on. And that leads to my point, which is the first point. And my point is similar to kind of what my our check-in in the beginning of my context and my place where I saw God this week. And it's, it's just like this tension that Jesus is embodying and living into in this situation of hope and suffering. And in this, in this, this episode from John's gospel that we, many people know pretty well, the, you know, Lazarus dying and and being risen from the dead. It's interesting to just like, I kind of watch Jesus and how he's Responding to all these things because it starts out with this sense of hope and possibility for Jesus. Because removed from removed from like the proximity of the suffering, Jesus sees the possibility in in what is going to happen. You know, like yes, Lazarus might die. Lazarus is suffering, but this is happening so that God's glory might be revealed. Just like uh, last week when we saw the healing of the blind man, Jesus said the same thing. And so Jesus says, you know, this, uh, he's going to, he will be like resurrected, like a great thing will happen. This suffering will lead to like people believing and, and a new sense of hope and possibility. And then they make their way to the source of the suffering. They like, he makes his way to the proximity of the people involved, of the people that loved this person, of the people that are suffering with him, the people that are grieving that this person has died. And when he comes into contact with Mary and Martha, he feels that suffering. You know, It's not that he loses the sense of hope, but now that sense of hope is kind of combined with this deep suffering that he's feeling in compassion with the people. In compassion with them, not only like for them, but for himself, because he, Lazarus was his friend as well, it sounds like. So I'm just mindful of this tension. This is something that I have been that I've been feeling as well, especially when I was putting that sermon together on Sunday, um, Mm -hmm. was like, what is, I have this deep sense that there is a, there is a hope and a possibility and a possibility of like newness in the midst of this suffering. And yet people are dying, you know, like that's doesn't, it doesn't make it. So that's not true. People are dying. People are sick. People are in pain. People are losing their jobs. People are making, impossible decisions you know right now trying to like figure out just in the midst of so much uncertainty that there is both this sense of yes we are responding like communities are coming together there is a solidarity uh a a collaborative energy that god is moving in the in this thing and yet it is real like the suffering is real it is not it is not just one thing or the other it's like this painful kind of tension of both knowing that that one kind of is like cultivating the other and so it's it's like it makes it more i think it is an invitation from god to like live into that and see what get, is is born in us when we hold the tension when we don't jump to one or the other completely where we kind of can live with both but it doesn't make it any easier, you know?
1: Right, right. And David, what you said just then about this invitation from God, I think that it goes directly to my point. So I'm going to go ahead and just jump right in because we have this, that you spoke of, we have this invitation from God and how we respond and, and in our current situation and in our lives as they progress. But also... One of the things that just really stood out to me when I was considering this gospel this week was comes late in the text. And it's after Jesus already gets there and he is seeing Mary and he says, where have you laid him? And they say to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved them. And in this section, we have them saying to Jesus, Lord, come and see. And come and see is a really familiar set of three words for those of us that read the gospel regularly. We hear come and see and go and tell um, very, very often. But usually it's an invitation to us, an invitation to us to come and see or to go and tell. And in this scripture, instead, we have the people saying to Jesus, come and see, They are inviting him to come and see their pain, um, to come and see the place of their loss. um, And they are opening themselves up and creating this vulnerability to Jesus. And I think that very often when we're suffering, and particularly right now when we're trying to support each other in this very hard and challenging time in which many, many, many people are suffering, our instinct instead is to close down our own pain so that we can focus on the people that we serve, so that we can focus on the people that we come in contact with that need us, um, and so that we can be a resource to others. But the reality is that we need to invite Jesus to come and see where we are, to crack open ourselves in our own pain, and to let God journey with us. Now, does that mean that there will be instant healing of whatever is going on with our life? Well, maybe. Prayer has done some pretty powerful things. But more than that, it's that opportunity to walk with God, that opportunity to go with Jesus through the pain and through the struggles that we are experiencing every day right now. Mm -hmm. And I would say that the push is even more than that. Our push is not even just to say, come and see to Jesus But let's say come and see to one another. Let's crack ourselves open when we are feeling weak. And instead of being the ones that constantly offer how we can help others, also allow others to help us, to share our own struggles. And on the days when homeschooling is not exactly what you thought it was going to be and you're ready to pull your hair out, to reach out to a friend um, or a parent or a grandparent and say, hey, today was really hard, come and see my pain and and just sit with me in it. You know, maybe able to offer me comfort, but more than that, just let me name it to you. And offer it not just to Jesus, but to the people that we can reach out to in the variety of ways that we can right now, whether that be being FaceTime or the telephone or a Zoom call, um, but to really build a network of support that not only do we offer but that we also allow to help and heal us.
0: Yeah. So we're going to keep it at two points today. Uh, Point number one was mine. And it was about that tension that Jesus is showing us today. And that I think a lot of us are feeling uh, about that tension of hope and pain, the hope and suffering of this moment in our history of this moment as a community, as a people. And number two was about inviting and not just Jesus inviting people to come and see, but us inviting Jesus into that space, God into that space, and and inviting uh, God to help us hold that, that tension between those two things from the first point. So... Uh, we invite you to go check out the website, check out all of those faith to go resources, www.myfaithtogo.org There are resources for uh, young children, uh, 5 to 10-year-olds, 11 to 18-year-olds, under 4-year-olds. We've got stuff for everybody there. We want to hear from you. You can contact us through that website. You can contact us uh, via email, faith go at edsd.org. And you can contact us through Instagram and also follow us there at faith2go. We will be back next week for Lent 6. And until then, we say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone.
1: Goodbye, everybody.